prepare your ears for some weird candy. What is up, my fellow weirdos? How's everybody doing today? Happy Tuesday to you. Hope the uh, butthole of the work week isn't kicking you too hard. Today we've got yet another great tale. Uh, we're going to have some fun with it. I hope you guys are ready for that. I uh, just want to remind everybody, you know, be sure you give us ratings wherever you download podcasts. It helps so much. And, uh, man, thank you guys again so much for all the love. Um, yeah, so let's get weird. It feels like it's pretty safe to say that most of us have, at one point or another, tried to contact someone from the other side. Maybe we were at a sleepover at a friend's house when somebody decided that it would be a good idea to play with an Ouija board. Or, or maybe some of us took it a little further and got together with the sole purpose being to have a, a seance, to willfully try to connect with a certain spirit. The world of the paranormal uh, comes with dozens and dozens of questions with, with no real answers. Uh, did a spirit or a demonic entity actually just move the planchette? Or, or maybe it was the innocent spirit of the little boy who died of an illness in that particular house. For some in the field of parapsychology, this question was answered in the early 1970s by a study called the Philip Experiment. Dr. A.R.G. Owens was a renowned Canadian parapsychologist. Uh, oh, sorry, eh? Uh, just gonna squeeze by you and grab the maple syrup there. <laughs> sorry, had to be done. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, on top of being very well known in the field of the paranormal, he was also a mathematician, a geneticist, and a university lecturer. So the guy was pretty damn smart, you know? He, he was well connected, too. Uh, while Dr. Owen flourished in very, very well, by the way, uh, in all of these areas, his real passion was in understanding the unknown. Together with his wife, Iris, he founded the Toronto Society for Psychical Research on December 1st, 1971. In the summer of 1972, Dr. Owen formed a group with the goal being to create a ghost using the ancient Tibetan Buddhist concept of tulpas. According to the millennia-old religion, tulpas was the practice of using thought forms to sh of sheer will to bring tangible forms into existence. Uh, you know, and I guess, you know, since, uh, you know, they didn't actually have a name for their group, we're going to just make one up. Uh, how about uh, the ghost thinker uppers? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh man, uh, you, you got you know what, guys? Uh, I'm I'm totally going to use this uh, whole you know tulpas thing. I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire. <laughs> uh, nothing. No. No uh, magical stash of cash. No. Nothing. All right. Well, worth a shot. You know what the hell? Uh, <laughs> members of this octet included Iris Owen. Yep, uh, his wife was one of the first members. I wonder, like, if this was, like, the equivalent of having a joint Facebook account back then. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That'd be funny shit. Uh, the other, uh, other members were Margaret Sparrows, former chairperson for the Canadian branch of Mensa. So, obviously, a pretty fucking intelligent person. Um, an industrial designer known, known only as Andy H., along with his wife, Lauren. Uh, heating engineer, Al Peacock. Accountant, Bernice M. Bookkeeper, Dorothy O'Donnell. And so, uh, sociology student, Sidney K. In all honesty, it, it really does seem like, you know, Dr. Owen tried really hard to put together a, a fairly diverse group, you know, to, to make sure, you know, it wasn't just, you know, a bunch of kids that were excited about hunting ghosts or it wasn't a bunch of scientists really trying to disprove any kind of anything, you know. He really kind of tried to, you know, cover cover a wide spectrum of people, you know. So that I thought that was pretty cool in, in the research. 
Uh, in September of 1972, the group began their experiment by creating a fictional character. At first, they kind of all agreed that they that all they had to do was just, you know, hey, we'll just think of the same thing, and, and it's just going to appear before us. Uh, but after you know a little more thought, uh, which I imagine really didn't take very much time at all, Dr. Owen figured out that the only way that all eight of the participants could possibly focus on the exact same person was if the team created the said person together. Um, basically, they all needed to be a part of this to where as they created this guy, uh, you know, hey, they're all on the same page. I mean, we're talking a story from birth to death and beyond. Uh, I mean, damn, you know, you say it like that, it, it kind of feels like you're like doing a Twilight Zone episode or something. <laughs> uh, after a little while, which, you know, they didn't say how long exactly. Uh, we're going to say that it took them, I don't know, uh, four days, 17 hours and 43 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, I don't know. It just seems like a good, good amount of time. Uh, they set it on a name, Philip Islesford. According to the Ghost Thinker Uppers... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Philip was a Catholic Englishman aristocrat that lived in the mid-1600s. Hey, that sounds pretty fucking posh to me. I'm Sir Lord Philip Aylesford IV, Governor of the Micropenis Islands. <laughs> uh, sounded right. Uh, Philip lived a well-off life at Diddington Manor. He was married to a, quote, beautiful but cold woman named Dorothea. Dorothea was the daughter of a nobleman. Uh, it sounds to me like they gave him a typical kind of like fixed marriage. Like, uh, look, son, I know she's smoking a lot, but a total robotic Stepford wives-like woman. But just think of all the extra livestock we're going to have. To, uh, we're going to get a lot out of this. We're going to have bacon for days. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Just sound it right in my head. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad I could share that with you guys. Uh, anyway, uh, one day while out riding, Philip came upon a gypsy encampment and met a woman named Margot. For Philip, it was love at first sight. Uh, Sir Lord Philip came up with the perfect plan. Move Margot into the gatehouse on the estate that he shared with his wife. I, I, what could go wrong, right? That's a perfect plan. Uh, I mean, surely if super rich aristocrats can't have their cake and eat it too, then like, what hope do us common folk have, right? Come on, give us some hope there, buddy. Uh, shockingly, Dorothea eventually found out about Philip's side piece of gypsy lovin' and uh, did whatever what any concerned wife in the 17th century would have done. She uh, accused Margot of being a witch. <laughs> like, wow, man, what a simpler time, you know? Neighbor giving you shit about keeping your livestock off of his property. He's a witch. The butcher in town is accusing you of not paying your bill. Witch. The old hag down at the seedy pub just out of side of town turns you into a newt. You guessed it. Witch. <laughs> I got better. <laughs> Oh man, that's great. Uh, ask your parents. Uh, as Margot was standing trial for being a witch, uh, Sir Lord Philip kept his fancy mouth shut out of fear of ruining his reputation. Ultimately, the village judged Margot a witch and they burned her at the stake, which made Philip really, really sad. And uh, he fell into a deep depression. Like, <laughs> like holy shit, I'm, I'm actually kind of getting sucked into this whole made up backstory. It's kind of good, man. They did a good job. Kudos. Uh, for quite a while after his losing his true love, Sir Lord Philip would be seen wandering quietly pacing, uh, his mind filled with regret. You know, I, I totally get it. I, I, I've been with some hot girls, but never a girl that was 425 degrees. You know what I'm saying? Uh, come on. Ah, but um, bump. Uh, after some time, he did commit suicide at the age of 30. Sir Lord Philip's body was found at the bottom of one of the manor walls. Uh, okay, so now they've set the scene for a tragic loss of life. You know, the ghost thinker uppers, they, they weren't quite done yet, though. 
They went even went as far as to have one of their members draw a depiction of Phil uh, using input from the other seven members. Uh, you can see this drawing on, on the Weird Candy Facebook page, or you can just Google pictures of the Philip experiment. Um, you know, our, our, our Facebook page is Weird Candy at Facebook, so, you know, check it out. Yeah, yeah give us some uh, thumbs up there. Uh, so, now that our ghost thinker-uppers had a backstory and an image to go off of, it was time for the real study to begin. Some, uh, sometime within like two weeks or a little over a year later, it really just depends on which article you read, um, our fearless octet finally made contact with what they assumed to be their made-up entity, Philip. It's actually pretty funny. Like uh, one of the articles said that the team toiled for a little over a year before having any results. While you know, another article actually said, uh, "This is a direct quote." Within a fortnight, <laughs> like oh my god, I, they grab a time machine and travel to the seventies just to write that from you know the, the 1600s. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> I don't know why, but that made me laugh so fucking hard. So we're gonna you know we're gonna think about it. Let's let, let's all take a moment to think about a fortnight. Yeah, anyway, moving on. <laughs> so anyway, somewhere between two weeks and 13 months, the, the project needed a change of pace. So at the suggestion of Dr. Kenneth J. Barchelter, they threw out the clinical focus of the experiment and opted for something you know a little more traditional, a seance. Dr. Uh, Barchelter figured that the reason that nothing was happening was because you know in the controlled scientific confines it was too hard to believe that Sir Lord Philip was actually real. It was it was so much easier for everybody just to kind of like you know not really get fully involved. Like they're like, well, I know this is just something we made up just for science, blah blah blah. So uh, you know uh, the it was. It basically come down to our ghost thinker uppers. You know, they, they knew they were going to, if they were going to have any results, they needed to hold an actual seance. I mean, you know, dim lighting, a table surrounded by chairs, along with some of, you know, Phil's quote, you know, personal belongings, uh, a live goat for a sacrifice, several people in sheep costumes that came only for the after sex party. Oh, oh, wait, no. Oh, damn it. I got the wrong website open again. My bad, everyone. Sorry. Uh, man, I keep doing that. <laughs> After conferring with uh, Barchelder, Dr. Owen agreed that these were the best conditions to conjure our dead aristocrat. According to the study, uh, this actually worked. The ghost thinker upper started to ask questions like, uh, are we speaking with Philip? And almost immediately, there was a thud on the table. At this point, the group asked the entity to make an one knock for yes, two knocks for no. Again, they asked, are we speaking with Philip Eilesford? And with, within seconds, there was a loud, one solid loud thud on the table. The team then began asking more and more questions, you know, and some of them being based around the, you know, the, the facts that they had made up. But also some of the questions they, they based around completely different things that had factually happened in 17th century England. But probably, you know, not everybody was in on, you know. Uh, the most surprising responses came from those questions that hadn't been previously talked about, you know, uh, the, the unplanned stuff. You know, it, it seems like if, if everything you're doing is based off of the story that you, along with the rest of your team, ha had discussed and committed to memory and really, really been focusing on, then, you know, it would make sense that everyone involved would be able to make those connections during the seance. But, you know, when someone starts bringing up like just little tidbits of history that the others aren't quite aware of and they still manage to get results like that's fucking intriguing to me. That's it's really I don't know, it kind of grabs my mind. I'm like, all right, fucking right, man. We're getting somewhere, you know, uh, over time, uh, Sir Lord Philip not only would answer with historically accurate answers, 
he would respond with answers that would shock everyone involved, including Dr. Owen himself. Eventually, he even started to kind of like develop his own personality, which which his whole personality, it was unlike any one member of the Ghost Thinker Uppers. But after they analyzed it some, they kind of, it seemed to be a mixture of all of their personalities. You know, like, oh shit, you know, this this shit is really starting to sound crazy. Like it's, it's getting pretty fucking deep, man. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, the group was then asked to record each one of them knocking on the table, and it, and it was noted that the knocks that, that were responding to the questions were distinctly different than that of anyone in the group. Uh, after a while, they decided, hey, uh, we're going to invite some outside witnesses to watch us do these seances, right? You know, at, at first, things were kind of going pretty much you know, business as usual. Knock once for yes, twice for no. But as the event went on, things really started to escalate. The group all noticed that the table would occasionally rattle. You know, not very much though at first, just enough to, so that they could feel it. But the vibrations started to grow louder and louder until the table actually started to slide randomly around the room. The on- onlookers that were in the audience, I mean, they paid close attention and they noticed that like none of the ghost thinker uppers were actually touching the table at that time. I mean, it's creepy, you know, uh, at, at one point, Dorothy said out loud, you know, I wonder if Philip is doing this and was shaken by an extremely loud bang. Just one for yes. You know, everyone, everyone in the room probably peed a couple drops on that. I, I probably would have myself, you know, be like, oh, I need to go change my punts. I don't know. I, I just made myself English or a very, very poor uh, English accent. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> the table began sliding on its own more and more often. Uh, sometimes they would just find the table it, it wedged in a doorway like it like it was trying to leave the room or some shit, you know? <laughs> Probably just wanted some fucking Canadian bacon and syrup. You know? <laughs> they are in Canada. Fuck, I would. Uh, <laughs> as they performed more of these meetups, uh, more activity started to occur. At different times, like, one of the group would ask that, you know, instead of knocking on or moving the table, uh, Sir Lord Philip, would you dim the lights instead on, and, and, and like, right on cue, the lights would dim. It's kind of fucking crazy, honestly. Or, you know, let's say uh, someone would tell a joke or something and the lights would like start flickering, almost like it was laughing along with the joke, you know, along with everybody else. Uh, You know, things would actually get even crazier. Like the table started to rock back and forth like it was like uneven on the floor, like one side up, the other side up, just banging, you know, um, and it, it would also like tilt up on one or two of its own legs and then like really slowly would set itself back on the floor. Uh, according to multiple sources, at one point, the table actually completely levitated off of the ground. So it, it, some crazy shit. And there are actually videos of some of these seances on YouTube like right now. I watched a couple of them and I got to say, you know, some of them are pretty compelling. On a YouTube channel, History vs. Hollywood, there's a video called The Philip Experiment. The ghost thinker uppers are sitting around a car table, you know, which I don't know if you know this, but a car table is just a small square table with foldable legs that you play cards. Ask your parents. (laughs) They'll be be able to explain it. Uh, uh, Basically, they're just sitting around asking questions, getting knocks in response. After a bit, they they all start like singing some song and you see the the table. It like literally fucking starts to tilt. And And when I say tilt, like... 
I don't mean like it just kind of tilts a little, like somebody's pressing down on it, you know, on one side of it. I'm talking full on, almost just straight up and down, balanced on the very outer edges of its legs. It's really pretty fucking crazy. I mean, you guys should check that out. It's, it's like, wow, dude, that shit might fucking be real, you know? Uh, there was a documentary filmed about our, our groundbreaking, groundbreaking group of super awesome ghost thinker uppers uh, called uh, Philip the Imaginary Ghost. Uh, it, it, you know, the, the couple I found it, it's kind of grainy footage with the guy narrating it in a monotone voice. Uh, it, it, I found it on YouTube channel folklore podcast. Uh, this one at first, man, it, it's a little hard to get through. Like I fell asleep like 12 times in five minutes. Uh, <laughs> the guy's just, yeah, it's just like, Oh my heck, man, come on, liven it up a bit, you know? Uh, it basically though, it, it just kind of like follows the experiment from the very beginning. Uh, it has a, a, a lot of the same footage as that other one that we talked about, but eventually it does have the film of the group having, you know, Sir Lord Philip perform on a stage on live TV. So if, uh, you were in Canada in the seventies, you know, you, there's a good chance you could have seen this. Um, you know, once you get past the part with captain personality narrating, it, it does get a little more watchable. Uh, I tried like hell to see if any of the people are, are like causing the tilting or causing the table to slide, but it really does look legit. Like, I mean, their hands are they're all their hands are clearly on top. No thumbs hanging over the edge of the table or anything. I mean, they're clearly visibly just resting on top and this thing's just kind of going crazy. It, it's really it's it's pretty fucking wild to see. You know, I, I, I enjoyed it. After the conclusion of the experiment in 1974, so this thing goes on for like two years, uh, the Toronto Society for Psychical Research conducted several more of these, you know, quote, tests uh, with new groups, different people, uh, create the, create your own per, you know, spirit with its own background. You know, uh, there, was, there was one named Lilith, who they decided was a uh, French-Canadian girl who became a member of the French Resistance during World War II, but was captured and shot for being a spy. Uh, another group they had, they came up with a ghost they called Sebastian, who was a medieval alchemist. Uh, another group came up with Axel, a man from the future. Uh, <laughs> like, I wonder if they were just like, just like foreshadowing Axel Rose or something. <laughs> uh, I haven't been able to find very much info at all about these other groups. Um, but they do claim that they all had, you know, almost the exact same results that over a period of time with enough concentration, they were able to make, bring this, you know, this fake created spirit and in, into reality to where it could manipulate, you know, the, the knocks and lights and everything else. So it's kind of crazy, you know, uh, um, the, the ghost thinker uppers were so popular that they not only influenced other groups to conduct similar experiments. There was, you know, groups in Australia and in the U S that all tried to like redo these experiments, you know, their own kind of versions of it. But, uh, the whole story, it actually inspired two different horror movies. Uh, there was one called the apparition and then another one called the quiet ones. Now I, I looked for the apparition. I, I I don't know that I'm I could find the one that it's supposed to be. If the one I, I found is what they're talking about, I, I don't think it's related in any way. But the quiet ones, you could definitely see how they they took the kind of general idea and fictionalized it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you know, the quiet ones was pretty decent. So I mean, eh, it's okay. Why not, right? <laughs> I mean, I absolutely love this fucking story. Uh, the fact that anyone with you know that much education 
would have so much love for the paranormal and the unknown. To me, it's just fucking awesome. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not sure at what point you decide to try to make up a fucking ghost, but it was the 70s, and, well, you know, we'll just say, you know, eh, Timothy Leary, you know? Eh? (laughs) It does make me wonder if maybe, you know, all of this, like, new age ideology about, like, the law of attraction, and, you know, you got to send things out to the universe, and the universe will respond, you know, maybe, maybe it really is based in some kind of testable science, you know? If that is the case, though, uh, I'm going to start spending a whole lot more time thinking of happy things and a whole lot less time dwelling on the everyday stresses that life is so fucking good at throwing in my path, you know? Uh, I, I guess for me, it, it, it'd be way more impressive if I created like a billionaire lifestyle, private jet, living on a beach, rather than, you know, my very own Sir Lord Philip. <laughs> oh, man. Remember, an open mind leads to endless possibilities. Join us next time for another piece of weird candy.